Hello ladies, welcome back to Everlasting Fruit. And for those that are new here, thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, B. Charles. Today, I want to focus on the good shepherd and his sheep. So who is a shepherd or what is a shepherd? Oxford defines it in two ways. It stated that, number one, it is a person who tends and rears sheep. And number two, one who leads and guides in a particular direction. Now that we know the definition, we can keep that context in mind when David says, the Lord is my shepherd. We can read and establish that David is saying the Lord takes care of him, that the Lord leads him in the way that he should go. And also that the Lord continues to guide him so that he will go in the right direction. It is not surprising that David uses this analogy to give us a picture of our relationship with God because he was a shepherd himself. He tended and reared sheep. Thus, he knows the responsibility that lies in the role of shepherd. We know that he took care of sheep, meaning he was responsible for their well-being. He made sure that they ate. They did not go astray. And if they encountered danger, he made sure to protect them. So you can imagine that David spent a lot of time talking to the sheep. They knew him as their shepherd. It was David's responsibility to know where the sheep were and to ensure that none were missing due to negligence. And if he was needed elsewhere, he made sure to leave his sheep in the care of someone capable. You can refer to 1 Samuel 17 verses 20 to 36. I think it demonstrates how, um, you know, when David had to go take provisions to his brother who were at war um, with, you know, King Saul, he left them in the care of someone um, that was capable Let's read the passage anyway and see what else David was communicating here. I am using the CSV version here and sometimes I will look at what other versions, um, um, how other versions write the same verse and that could be um, the King James um, NKJV or just the NIV version, New International Version. So let's look at verse 1. Psalms chapter 23, verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm going to break down each and every single verse. So the Lord is my shepherd. David uses the present tense of the verb to be, which is, is my shepherd. To demonstrate that he presently regarded or looked to the Lord for guidance and protection. His claim wasn't from the past, for he would have written the Lord was my shepherd. It was current. It was presently happening while he wrote this. To know that the Lord is one shepherd, one must be a sheep belonging to his flock. How do we know this? Because Jesus gave a similar illustration in John chapter 10. Just a side note, Scripture also interprets scripture. In the CSB, both Psalms 23 and John 10 are titled The Good Shepherd. And you can reference them or put them side by side, and you will see that they add context to each other 
or even explain the concepts of the passage further. Also, Jesus read the word, so he was familiar with this passage in Psalms. And I love that he provided so much context about the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. Here are some of the points he made. He stated that, The sheep hear his voice in John chapter 10, verses 3 to 4. So to hear is to know or to recognize the shepherd's voice because he follows the statement stating that the sheep will never follow a stranger because they do not know the stranger's voice, meaning they cannot recognize the stranger's voice. They don't trust the stranger's voice. Jesus also states that the recognition, which is the knowing, is mutual in John 10 verses 14. A shepherd knows all the sheep that belong to him because when he gathers them, he must be careful not to have other people's sheep amongst his. So the sheep know their shepherd and the shepherd knows his sheep. The sheep follow their shepherd. He covers this in John chapter 10 verses 4 and also in verse 27. Any sheep that does not follow the shepherd is not part of his flock. And this is proven in the previous points and verses that sheep will not respond to a strange voice. This also reminds us of how Jesus called the disciples. He stated, follow me. And let me tell you, they recognized a good shepherd when they saw him as they abandoned what they were doing and followed him. You can look this up in Matthew 4 verses 18 to 22. So what does it say about his sheep? They know him and they follow him. So sis, are you following Jesus? Do you know your shepherd? The shepherd is very protective of the sheep. Jesus stated that no one will snatch them out of my hand in John 10 verse 27. He cared about their well-being. He took them as his own and he was ready to do what it took to protect them. So if ravenous wolves tried to attack, he wasn't going to flee. He would strike the wolf to protect his sheep. And this is in John 10 verses 12 and 1 Samuel 17 verses 34 to 36, where David literally fought off bears to protect his sheep. And we go on to see the second part of um, Psalms 23 verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. I have what I need. David knew his shepherd and his shepherd knew him. As a sheep, he was confident and secure in the abilities of his shepherd. He stated, I have what I need. He didn't say, I asked for what I needed. And there is nothing wrong in asking. God invites us to ask as those who ask shall be given. However, as sheep, David illustrated a dependence on the shepherd. David demonstrates that he was content with what the shepherd provided and did not desire anything other than that. The Lord provided what he needed. Part of the goodness of knowing the Lord is your shepherd is that the Lord is omniscient. He knows all things. He will provide all that the sheep needs for sustenance. Other versions state, I shall not want. When you have what you need, what shall you want again? And in the second verse, we see just how the shepherd sustains his sheep. In verse two, he states, 
He lets me lie down in green pastures. So not only is the Lord is his shepherd, he has what he needs or what he wants. He lets me lie down in green pastures. The shepherd knows when the sheep need rest and food. So he leads them to green pastures. Sheep love to graze pastures. One thing to note is that he leads them to green pastures, showing that he leads them to a very fruitful part of land where it is evident that there will be nourishment for the sheep and the sheep can eat and rest in peace. He doesn't take them to a place they have already grazed because they might not be enough nourishment for them all. He takes them to a place where they have what they need, where they can have all that they need. A green pasture in the safety and security of their shepherd. David writes, he lets me, denoting that the sheep look to the shepherd to determine whether the pasture is good and safe for grazing. That is how you follow the Lord when he is your shepherd. You look to him to determine the course of your life and you listen to him to lead you in the way you should go. You also wait on him for the next instruction once you have come to the place he intended for you. And we go to the next part. It states, he leads me beside quiet waters. He knows when they are thirsty and need water. I love the progression of this. The shepherd knows what the sheep needs and he brings them to it. The sheep is securing the shepherd's guidance and he has what he needs. Imagine having this uninhibited dependence on the Lord. In verse three, we look at where the shepherd leads his sheep and the purpose of it. David has made it clear that the Lord shepherds him. And here he is giving us a benefit of being led by God. He states that the Lord renews his life. Other versions state, restores my soul. And when we look through scripture, we see that restoration takes place when the Lord takes away the corrupted heart, which taints how we live. Ephesians 4 verses 17 to 24 can be summarized as new life is found in Christ. And once you walk with him, you are no longer acting in the old ways of deceit, old ways of understanding and reacting, and you're not hardened in your heart. Neither are you desiring evil things. Rather, you are open to the Lord's work in your life to renew your mind and transform you in the likeness of Christ. This is why when you encounter Christ, you are never left the same. You may come as you are, but you do not leave as you were. There is a transformation that happens when the Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is leading you somewhere. So you must be renewed, changed, transformed to prepare you for the place that he's taking you to. Another way to look at he restores my soul is through the lens of Matthew 6 verses 34, which states, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own and the Lord restores us with new faith, new hope, new mourning daily. The Lord knows exactly how to take care of us every single day and moment of our lives. The second part of that um, verse states, 
He leads me along the right paths. The Lord will always lead us. And if we are his sheep, we must listen. We must follow. We must obey. The Lord leads us in the right path. Therefore, trust and obedience are necessary in the shepherd and sheep relationship. The Lord is a holy God and his guidance will lead us to being holy also. And it also states, for his name's sake. The Lord takes all the glory. It is not because we are obedient sheep, but rather because he is a careful, loving, merciful, good leader and shepherd. If the sheep keep dying and are eaten by the ravenous wolves, people look to the one responsible for the sheep for answers. So the shepherd's name is at stake. The shepherd's reputation is at stake. For context on the importance of the Lord's name, read Ezekiel chapter 36 verses 19 to 23, even though I suggest you read the whole chapter because it is absolutely meaty. But specifically, the Lord is talking about how the disobedience of Israel led to their punishment by dispersing them throughout the country into captivity. And in this verse, he was telling Ezekiel that he was going to restore them. However, it wasn't because of them he was doing this. It was for the sake of his holy name. See, when we actively live in sin while claiming to be Christians, we profane the name of the Lord. And that's what the Israelites did. So God spoke of the work of Jesus, giving us a new life through him. Thus, us being made new in Christ, we have been made new with a heart to love God, a heart to obey God, and a heart to live righteously. This glorifies his name. And when we honor God, others will revere him and hold him in high regard. So if you've ever wondered why the name of Jesus is not respected amongst people you're around or even in this world, it's because Christians have not revered his name that others should hold it in high regard. In verse four, we look at the comfort we have in the shepherd's presence. It states, even When I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. I'll start with the first part. Even when I go through the darkest valley, David writes with certainty that there are times when he will go through dark valleys. We may go through dark valleys, not every day green pasture, quiet waters. The darkest valleys are there too. It is not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Because they will come. But remember, it is a walkthrough, not a destination. So don't stop where the shepherd is guiding you through. Keep walking. It says, even when I go through the darkest valley. It doesn't say, even when I go to the darkest valley. So keep walking. Because the Lord will take you through it. He goes on to say, I fear no danger. David states that in the dark valley, he fears no danger. I wonder what gives him this confidence. In the next part, he tells us why. I fear no danger for you are with me. 
So if his shepherd is guiding him through a dark valley, there is no fear because the shepherd is there to protect him. The shepherd is there to guide him. If anything should try to attack, they must go through the shepherd. Ladies, are you in the dark valley and you don't know what to do? Cry out to the Lord. He will come for you. He will find you, but you must follow his guidance. You must follow his leading. You must obey his ways and know that a dark valley is not permanent. The Lord will get you out of it. Trust his guidance. It also says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. David used the analogy of the items a shepherd would have to help steer or guide the sheep's direction. A rod could be a staff. Um, it could be a walking stick for support. Or it could be just used to remove obstructions out of the sheep's way, to hit other animals that try to hurt the sheep, or to separate overgrown grass as the sheep is walking through. All of these are comforts, right? It says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. They provide security to the sheep, whether it is through corrective guiding of the sheep or hitting predators. It was comforting for David to know that the shepherd had tools to help ensure the safety of the sheep, which is him. So know that the Lord has everything he needs in order to protect you. So wherever it is that you may find yourself and you feel like this is the darkest valley, this is the scariest point, or this is, you know, the, the harshest storm I've ever gone through, God knows exactly how to calm that storm. He knows exactly how to bring light so that you can walk through that dark valley. So trust in the Lord. He knows he has every two that he needs for your comfort. And we find comfort when we rely on the Lord. Let's look at how verse five breaks down a couple of blessings that we have. It states, you prepare a table before me. If you have ever hosted guests in your home, you know the care and attention it requires to put everything in order, to make sure that the table has enough for all that are coming. If you're cooking, you also must ensure that the food is good. You must endeavor to know the preferences of your guests. But David established earlier that he has what he needs. And as a sheep, he goes where the shepherd leads him and in this instance, the shepherd led him in the presence of his enemies. Therefore, even if David's enemies surrounded him, he could eat with gladness because he trusts that his shepherd protected him. He ensured that he was well taken care of. He ensured that no harm would befall him, even in the presence of his enemies. So David he could consume what the shepherd provided and did not fear what his enemies are capable of because his life was not in the hands of his enemies, but of his shepherd. Something to note also is that the Lord does not stop taking care of us just because we have enemies or are going through struggles and trials. We get angry at God because we stop looking to his goodness and focus on the evil of our enemies or even the intensity of our problems. An attribute of a shepherd is having foresight, being able to see what is coming, being able to see what could happen or what is going to happen. God is all-knowing. 
So trust that he knows how to protect you and walk you through every situation. He watches over you and watches out for you. So trust him, ladies. It also states, you anoint my head with oil. Being anointed with oil paints a picture of being favored. It paints a picture of being bestowed a blessing, having goodness heaped upon one's head. David was anointed to be king when he was just a shepherd boy. The process of anointing signifies being set apart for the service or purpose of God. This is a gracious gift from the Lord. He knows how to give us good gifts in abundance. He anoints our head with oil. And it also states my cup overflows. David is reveling in the fact that God's goodness does not cease. Okay. God's goodness doesn't stop when just because we we have strayed a little. It doesn't cease. God's goodness doesn't stop just because we have too much of his goodness. It runneth over. His cup overflows. It keeps coming. I think of a song by by Mercy Chinway called Excess Love. And in there she states, Jesus, you love me too much, too much, too much excess love. His goodness and love is excessive. You cannot contain it. If you had a cup to hold it, it would definitely overflow. Another verse that comes to mind is John 10 verse 10. After Jesus gives the analogy of the good shepherd, he also warns that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy the sheep. However, he makes it a point that the sheep need not worry. Because Jesus came so that we may have life and that we may have it more abundantly. So you don't have to worry. Your cup will overflow with God's goodness. The Lord will bless you and no one, nobody can stop him. Not even the enemy can stop him. Not your enemies can stop him. The circumstance that you're in cannot stop the Lord from blessing you. And and I find it really interesting in the way that we as sheep think. We always feel like when we're going through a storm, that negates the Lord's blessings. No. Have you ever thought that maybe that storm is a blessing? Maybe you need to learn something. Maybe you need to be strengthened in a particular area of your life. That is a blessing in itself for the Lord to, to look at your life and decide my daughter needs strength and I need to help her go through this, this dark valley. I need to help her go through this circumstance so that she can be strengthened for what is to come. The Lord has foresight, so trust him. And we can look at verse six, which is the last verse. It says, only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. Only goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life. That is David stating this. And there is nothing as reassuring as living a life that is securely guided and protected and provided for by an all-knowing and loving creator. Please read the life of David. You will know that he ended well. 
The Lord was good to him. The Lord showered him with faithful love. I mean, he went through his own trials. He went through storms. He suffered loss and gain and treachery. But the Lord remained with him as he remained in the Lord. God has goodness in store for you. He has goodness in store for his people. He is faithful even when we are faithless and unfaithful. So we can count on his love. We can count on him. I love that it states, goodness and love will pursue me. And other version states will follow me. You don't have to chase after anything. God knows what you need. You need goodness and you need to be loved faithfully and consistently. They will follow you. Remember, you're following the Lord and in turn, every other good thing is following you. The idea of pursuit is something coming after you. It doesn't stop until it beholds you. So what the Lord has in store for you will reach you. It will find you. It will overtake you, not just for today or for a year, but all the days of your life. And it also ends with, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord as long as I live. When you have all that you need in the Lord, that is the surest place to live in his presence, ever before him, always in him. In John 15, Jesus gave the analogy of the vine and that vine dresser. He stated that he was the vine and we were the branches and we could not bear fruit on our own unless we remained in him. David remained in the Lord. He was fruitful in his life and that was due to God's goodness, albeit he made mistakes. He repented and he continued to walk with the Lord. Other versions also state, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Not only did David remain in the Lord for as long as he lived, but there is a promise of dwelling with the Lord forever, eternally. I was immensely blessed with this study. I reflected on all the wonderful things I learned with God leading us, providing for us, protecting us, disciplining us. And it dawned on me that all of these things started with a decision that David made. He made the decision that the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Make that decision right now that the Lord is my shepherd. And when the Lord is your shepherd, you have all that you need. You can always reach out to me at everlasting.fruit8 at gmail.com and on Instagram at everlastingfruitpodcast. That's one word. I will leave you to reflect on this. Is the Lord your shepherd? It has been a pleasure. Until the next time.